0: Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, today we're going to start, oh, it's the 1st of December today. It's the beginning of what we call Advent. And so there's, that's the first coming of Christ. And of course, we have yet an event to come, which is the second coming of Christ, uh, which is one of the most prophesied events in the Bible, but uh, we're going to celebrate the first coming, because the first coming of Christ was equally dramatic and incredibly powerful that's turned the world upside down on its ear uh, since 2,000 years ago, where Jesus Christ entered human history through the womb of the Virgin Mary. And so we're going to read the Christmas story, and over this month of uh, December, we're going to drop into different aspects of the Christmas story. And I've entitled today's message, The Plans I Have for You, Says the Lord. So we can start, Eddie. Great. Father, we just thank you for this message today. We pray it would be brought forth under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. May my words be anointed by your Spirit. I pray they would, Lord, uh, they would drop into every heart today and that they would be laced with your love and laced with your power. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Taken from the gospel account of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Betrothal in those times was a 12-month period of engagement. And so it was. if you were betrothed, you were committed Absolutely committed uh, to marrying uh, the person that you were betrothed to. Uh, he was, his name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. As we come into this event and we reread the story, the Christmas story, we begin to understand and get another insight into the magnitude of this event in human history. First, we see an angel coming by the name of Gabriel. Angels are right throughout the Bible. Angels are with us today. The Bible says that every one of us has an angel assigned to us who are followers of Christ. Isn't that incredible? That's Jesus' words. And so angels are spirit being sent to serve the ministers and the heirs of salvation, which are the saints of God. And so you may have had many unknown interactions of divine supernatural intervention over your life through the interjection of angels watching over you. Now, Gabriel was a special angel. He was one of the archangels that's named in Scripture. And his job was, he's the revealing angel. So he comes to reveal God's plans into people who have been chosen by God to carry out specific tasks for their life. And so the, the remarkable thing about the Christmas story is that right from man's first failure in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve made a fatal choice and decision where they disobeyed the Lord, they only had one thou shalt not to eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. And they made that fatal decision jointly together to eat of the fruit of that garden. And When God came to uh, share the consequences of their actions, how many of you know there's always consequences for our wrongdoing? You know, the Bible says that we all enjoy the fruit of our life, whether they right decisions or wrong decisions. Except the wrong decisions aren't so enjoyable. Because we, what a man sows, he shall also reap, the scripture says. And so we, we see in Genesis 3, this incredible first prophecy ever given regarding God's plans of 4,000 years approximately after this promise of the serpent being destroyed by the Son of God. We see that God... As he spoke to the serpent and gave him the consequences and the judgment for his involvement in that fatal decision with Adam and Eve, this is what he says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Obviously speaking of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ thousands of years later. Now, the reason why I bring this up in this passage was that when angel Gabriel was sent by God, he came to reveal a pre-purposed plan that God had drawn up for the saving of mankind that was designed and thought of and architected by God himself thousands and thousands of years before. And the angel turns up, the Bible says, just at the right time. God sent his son. That God injects into human history and the timeline of our lives, his purposes and his plans for you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, later on today. So Gabriel is on assignment and he's coming to a 17-year-old teenage woman who has been selected... And chosen by God of the very special task of carrying God himself, Jesus Christ, in her womb. What an incredible privilege it was for this young lady. You know, and it's not every day that an angel comes and knocks on your door and tells you that you're about to get pregnant without the, any uh, contact with a man. And, uh, and to reveal that this child that was, you were going to carry has a special, special assignment from the Father. And the angel begins to reveal the plans, as we're going to see a little bit later on in the message today. You know, and I don't know about you, but have you felt sometimes if there is a plan that you haven't been let in on what that plan may be? And, and often in our lives, we sometimes drift from event to event in our life and we don't understand that God has an overarching purpose over every single individual person that's living on this planet. You know, the Bible tells me that God thinks about you constantly. In fact, this is what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, that you cannot even number The number of thoughts that God has towards each one of us, they're like the sand on the seashore. They are innumerable beyond count is how God is constantly thinking about you. So he's not just thinking well-wishing thoughts towards you. He's actually designed plans specifically for your life that he wants to begin to inject and reveal over your life so that you can walk with purpose, you can walk with dignity, you can walk with power in your life knowing that your life matters to God and that you're not just some accident on its way happening somewhere, but that you have a specific design by God that he has predetermined and predestined for you and I to walk in. Right now, you may be thinking this morning, well, if God has a plan, I I actually don't, I'm not enjoying the plan right now. (laughs) You know, uh, maybe right now you're in some challenging circumstances. Maybe right now you're in a difficult relational situation, financial situation, and you're thinking, if this is God's plan, it sucks. This is not what I thought it would be. But the great thing about God, you see, is that He's always working within our lives. He's always working from moment to moment, from day to day, working in behind the scenes of our life today. So the first thing I want to say today, number one, I've got three points, and that God is a planner. And when we begin to understand that this plan has been designed and thought up by God for your life, that you begin to get a desire within your heart I want to know what that plan is. I want to begin to walk in that plan. I want to begin to walk in the grace that God has given over my life because I understand. You know, and we obviously know as God came to Mary that the plan we're talking about today is a magnificent plan, it is a giant plan, it is a, it is a plan beyond comprehension. It's the salvation plan of the world where God Himself decided that He would come. And that He would live as a human being. And that He would come and He would take the full brunt of the punishment of our sins upon Himself in order that we can be free from the consequences of sin. And this was His magnificent plan that He begins to reveal an infant form to Mary as the angel Gabriel, the revealing angel, begins to slowly release the plans and the purposes of the Lord over Mary's life. And so I want you to know today that God's plan for Mary is most likely quite different from the plan that he has for you today. But nevertheless, he has a specific plan and he has a specific purpose today. And we often think, especially when we're going through challenging times in our life, that God doesn't really have a plan for me. God doesn't really love me. God doesn't really care about me. And we begin to doubt And we begin to ask questions over our life, especially when we walk into times that we would rather not be walking in, but we find ourselves in these circumstances nevertheless. And we begin to ask ourselves, is is there really a God who cares, who actually does have a plan for my life? And I'm here to tell you today with the great news of Jesus Christ that you need to understand that it's not the final moment of your life yet. You have many, many years yet to live your life with the unfolding of God's glorious plan and you will begin to see the end from the beginning as God sees to realise that at the, the, at the end of the day, He's going to have the last say <laughs> over your life. And so right now, somebody else might seem to be having a say, but God has the last say over our lives today. So let me share with you one of the favorite scriptures that everyone quotes. It's probably one of the most quoted scriptures in all of Christianity, particularly in the last 10 or 20 years. I've noticed that many people have quoted Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That goes like this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you're going, yeah, yeah. I've heard that so many times before, Pastor James. It's like a platitude over my life now. I've heard that scripture so many times, but I don't really feel like I've got much future or much hope in my soul this morning. Well, I want to tell you who this was written to, to understand that this is not just a mere platitude, but this is encased within the uh, context of a nation who had been taken captive. A whole nation. So we're talking about a nation who has been stripped of the power to rule their nation. I'm talking about a nation who no longer enjoys citizens' privileges because they are in captivity in a foreign land called Babylon. And they've been removed from their homeland. They've been taken from Jerusalem and they've they've journeyed in captivity to a place called Babylon. And this is the context that God says, and we quote this verse for verse, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. I guess my guess is they didn't actually feel like these plans were so good. They no longer enjoyed the normal privileges of living in their own country. They were told what they would be doing from, from sun up to sundown. They no longer enjoyed the privileges that people who live in a free democratic society enjoy. They were under the rule of a foreign invading nation. And this is the context that God says to them. I want to remind you today, even though you don't feel like it, even though it doesn't look like it, even though it seems like your circumstances are upside down today to what you were told about following the Lord, I want you to tell you today, God still has a plan for you that is good and not evil, and He still has plans to prosper you. He still has plans for a future and for a hope over your life. Can I hear an amen over your life today? Praise the Lord. And so if we go back, we understand the context of this verse in terms of understanding that God is a planner. Verse 4 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is his instructions. Living in captivity, living in a strange land, he says, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Obviously, there's a longer term situation that's emerging because if you're going to plant fruit trees, you've got to be around to see them grow and to begin to harvest them. He's saying, I want you to build houses. I want you to plant fruit trees. I want you to take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. This is a generational issue. And give daughters to your husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, that is the peace of the foreign captors where they were living, if you seek their peace, I'm going to give you peace and I'm going to give you prosperity. In other words, you're blessed to be a blessing. In a foreign nation, nation, in a situation where it doesn't seem like God is at work, God is saying, I want you to begin to live your life out as if you were living in your homeland. And I want you to begin to act. I want you to begin to build. I want to see increase. My plan is not for you to get smaller and smaller, but my plan is for increase. You will not diminish. You will grow. You will be favoured. You will have blessing. Even in this dark place that you find yourself in, God is with you and God has a plan for you in this situation. You know, he was telling them, I, I know you didn't plan to be here today. I understand that you may feel like you've been second-rate citizens because you're no longer in your homeland. And I know that you've been asking questions and wondering where I am in the midst of what's going on around about your life today. And God injects himself into this situation. And he says, I still have a plan in the midst of your valleys. I have a purpose and a plan that will continue to unfold. Don't lose sight of the horizon of a better day. I want you to act today as if I'm there right with you in the midst of the situation and watch my plan begin to unfold over your lives. Hallelujah. Amen this morning. You see, Friends, I want you to understand. We may be here in 2019. And maybe you've had some dark days behind you back in 2010 or back in 20 and back in, you know, 2014 or 15, a few years back. You went through some hard times and you're looking down the timeline of your life and you're thinking, I don't really understand what's in front of me. It's a blank canvas at the moment. But you see, the Bible says this that God knows The end from the beginning. And God sees down the timeline of our lives. And this is what prophecy is. Where God begins to inject his thoughts of what he's already seen happen before it happens. Down the timeline of your life. Where you begin to see these little droplets of revelation and the revealer. Bringing knowledge of his plans and his purposes for your life. And what happens is that pulls you forward in the timeline of God's purposes and plans. Because otherwise you would be over here and you're thinking, woe is me. I'm just a worm, oh Jacob. And you're thinking, and you start deviating off here into an area. But God says, no, I want you to stay on track today because remember that word I told you about? Remember how I told you that you're going to have influence, that you're going to have favor? Well, you just need to wait for it because God all... Good things come to those who are waiting on the Lord. Amen. You will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You're going to find the thermals of God's Spirit in around your life to build. But you see, all through the timeline of our life, I want you to understand this too. That we're often forged and our lives are forged and grown and shaped and molded through Opposition. So as we're walking down God's plans and purposes, we have all these arrows flying in from the left and from the right. And and that's because the Bible says in John 10.10, the thief, the devil, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So there's only one agenda that the devil has over your life, and it's your personal destruction. And so we understand then some of the difficulties that we're experiencing in our life is because we have a real enemy. His name is Satan. His name means adversary. That means he's going to be adverse towards you. He actually doesn't have any cream puffs or lovely donuts waiting for you. He's just got, well, he actually might because he won't want to kill you early. So he's, he's actually got plans and purposes to actually make your life as miserable as possible. And that's why it's, it's important for us to understand God as a planet, Because when we understand that, friends... It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. You can remain on track and on course, being pulled into a prophetic hope and a future within your life because God has spoken and God has revealed himself to you today. So stay on track, folks. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you. So second point today is that God is a God of the past, the present, and the future. Because he sees the end from the beginning, I want you to understand today that some things have happened in your past. And some of those things have happened that you had no control over. Some of them you did. And they were just dumb things. And we've all done dumb things. But some of them, you have have been... It's been the result of adverse circumstances against your life. And because... He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I want you to know that sometimes when you've got something that's bothered you from your past, I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ can inject himself into your situation and he can heal you from some of those past circumstances that have brought wounds into your life. And he can set you free from the pain of the past and deliver you as you invite Jesus Christ to come in and be the healer that he said he is today. One prior verse before Jeremiah, the famous verse says this, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. So this is what the Lord's saying. I'm going to be very specific a lot of the time, God speaks to us in generalities. This is what I've called you to do. This is what I've called you to be in the future. And God begins. But we don't have a timeline on it. But in this case, God makes a clear exception. And he says in 70 years' time. That's why he told them to get on with their lives. Don't just stop, stop the bus and get off. You know, many Christians, they just get off the bus and they're waiting for the rapture. They're waiting for the second coming of Christ and they never do anything with their lives. God said, get on with your life. Build houses. Take wives for yourselves. Get a career. Plant some fruit trees. F- fruit trees. Take a wife for yourself. <laughs> Believe you me, one is enough. Hallelujah. I definitely couldn't handle two verbs, that's for sure. Praise the Lord. And so... God says, God says this. He says, because my plan is to return you back to where you came from. We're going to go full circle here. And in 70 years time, I'm going to uproot the whole of the nation that's been taken captive. And I'm going to take you away from captivity in Babylon. And I'm going to bring you back to the Holy Land. And I'm going to replant you in Jerusalem. And that's why he said, I don't want you to diminish. I want you rather to increase so that when you come back, there is going to be the favour and the hand and the blessing and the prosperity of God upon your life. Even in your valleys, I will grow you through the That time and through that season. And then he goes on to say this, and then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Why hasn't God been listening to them? Because they've gone off and done their own thing, they've wandered away. But Through their captivity and their dark times, suddenly they've got a little desperate about their lives. Anyone feel familiar about this story over your life? You know where there was a time where you just went completely off, blindfolded, doing your own thing. You didn't care about what anyone else thought, but it got you into trouble. You felt the pain of the consequences of the life that you were living, and suddenly, all of a sudden, you were prepared to listen. Hallelujah. You were prepared to listen. My goodness, one of the greatest blessings of the human life is having a listening ear to hear, especially what God is saying. But sometimes God speaks through your wife. Sometimes God speaks through your husband. Praise God. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And he says, I will be found by you. And I will bring you back from your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you to the place for which I caused you to be carried away captive. Praise God. He's the God of the past, the present, and the future. Get that fly out of there. (laughs) When I first got married, Viv was the most lethal fly destroyer in New Zealand. And she would have her, um, she would have her swatter, you know the old handle one. And so, if if a if a poor fly decided to come into our bedroom in the middle of the night, she'd suddenly wake up and grab her swatter. And her maiden name was Tafata, and so I used to say Vivian Tafata, the fly swatter. <laughs> and she'd get up on the bed, and I'd go, "What's happening? What's happening?" She said, "I've got to get this fly. I've <laughs> got to get this fly." So whenever a fly comes around, I'm always reminded about that today. (laughs) He says, I will gather you from the nations and from the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. See, this is God's plan, God's plan, God's plan. He always gets the last say if you're open for him. He got their ear And he began to tell them about what he was planning to do within their lives. And I will bring you from the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. We won't do our bony M impression at this point in time. (laughs) No, we (laughs) won't. So friends, we've got to remember this. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. Sometimes it feels like you're in the waiting room for a long time. And sometimes you can get wrig- wriggly with impatience. But if you can just always remember that the great architect already has a plan designed for you, then you don't need to get impatient because you know that he always makes everything beautiful in his time, according to the book of Ecclesiastes. So allow God to unfold that plan over your life and let the future come. They listened to God. They began to align their purposes with the prophecy that Jeremiah gave them. They knew there was 70. Literally, they were on the countdown. They had the countdown timer. They had one of those apps on their phones, the countdown over the years. We knew in this year that God's going to move us back to the holy city of Jerusalem. And so they were now in the knowledge of the plan, and they began to cooperate and work with God to see God's plans begin to be performed over your life. Friends, I want to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to listen to the voice of the Lord over your life. Listen to your elders. Listen to your leaders. Be willing to receive correction if correction is needed at times. Be willing to both receive and give encouragement within your life because you can be just as encouraging to somebody else who may be going through a dark time in their life. And you can be that blessing to them. Lastly today, as we get back to Mary's story, Faith is the glue that bonds us to God's plans. What do we mean by that? You see, Mary's 17. She's very young. Suddenly this angel turns up and turns her world upside down. And he goes on to say these words about the person that she would be carrying in her womb. Luke 1, verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Can I say that over your life today? Why have you found favor? Because you've been a goody two shoes? Uh Uh-uh. Because Jesus Christ paid the price for you. And if you're willing to trust him, you get the favor that's on Jesus for your life. It's as simple as that. Transference of God's goodness and favor comes through one person, Jesus Christ. And that's credited to your account. And all you need to do is simply believe. And suddenly God's favor is around about your life. Praise God we can't earn it. Can you imagine what it would be like if we could earn it? We'd have all these puffed-out chests walking around. I've earned the favor of God because I've been such a goody two-shoes. Wouldn't it be a horrible world to live in? Praise God that He chooses those that are not in order to confound those who think they are something. And He chooses the foolish things of the world in order to confound those who think they're wise. So that's why He chose you today. Praise God. Amen. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, which means Savior. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. This is a magnificent child she's going to give birth to. My goodness, what a prophecy. Then Mary said to the angel a very simple question. A question that most of us would be thinking in her shoes. How can this be since I do not know a man? That's, a, that's not a question of unbelief. Because we know that Zechariah, we know that Zechariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, responded in a completely different manner when the angel came to tell them that there was going to be a special child in his wife's womb. And he moved in unbelief. And the Bible says that he could not speak until the birth of his child came along. And so Mary's just asking a a simple question, a biological question. She's asking a science question. She says, how can this be? How can I get pregnant without knowing a man? And God brings the answer. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit. He makes all the difference. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And here's Mary's response. Remember what I said? Faith is the glue that bonds you to God's plans over your life, she had a choice at this point in time. Would she believe this fantastical story that's just been told her, or would she actually turn away in unbelief and say, I, I don't understand how I can ever get pregnant without knowing a man? So I'm sorry, God, I'm not available. What does she do? She says, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, she's saying, Here I am, use me, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. When the angel departed from Zechariah, only six months earlier, he said, you will not speak until the day your child is born. He was dumbstruck. God still carried out his purposes in bringing to birth John the Baptist. But Mary's response is an entirely different one. And I want to tell you today, if you're prepared... To allow your faith to grow if you're prepared to embrace some of the challenging times within your life and say, Lord, even though right now I feel like everything's going the wrong direction in my life, I still have faith in you and I have faith in your word. Let it be according to the word, the prophetic word that you've revealed over my life. I'm prepared to hang in there for the long haul. I know that you'd always get the last say. So God, let it be according to your word over my life. So how can this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon me. Friends, this is the key to either watching God from a distance or actively participating in the plans that God has for your life. Your faith makes the difference to what's going to take place within your life. Your faith can bond you to those supernatural plans that God has over your life today. And some of you may be feeling a bit shaky today. And I want to tell you that God can inject within your life a fresh vision and picture of tomorrow. You know, Richard wrote a book three, around three years ago called The Awesome Power of Blessing. He's up to around about 800,000 copies. And if you were to ask him three years ago whether he would be the author of a book that sold 800,000 copies, he probably would shake his head in dismay. But you see, his faith has grown As the message has gone around the world, his faith has grown to to begin to embrace the goodness of God where he's been able to believe God that you shall do greater things than these in my name. And as his faith has grown... So has the distribution and the languages that the book has been published in because he, he began to realize the magnitude of what God had placed within his hand as a gift to the world. And as a result of his faith growing, so also the project has continued to grow. That's why the Bible says, according to your faith, so be it. Amen? With faith, it is possible with God. Without faith, it's impossible. And so God simply says, I want you to team up with me. I want you to be a co-worker with me. I want you to join your faith and connect with me and glue your faith to my plans and purposes over your life and watch things begin to unfold as I inject myself into the timeline of your life this morning. Could we stand to our feet, church, today?